Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. My name is Nkechin Walker Robinson, and I am founder and CEO of Empowered in My Skin, an experienced technology executive of one of Canada's largest financial institutions, an author, an international federation of bodybuilding pro athlete, an inspirational speaker, and a viral sensation as my You Matter speech has hit over 6.5 million views worldwide. This show is all about thriving. And I will be bringing on some amazing humans that own their thrive to help you figure out how you too can own yours. So please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on and make sure to join along on the web at empoweredmyskin.com so you can be notified when new episodes are available. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Woo! I'm back with another episode of The Empowered of My Skin, the podcast. On today, I am here with an amazing hero that's also a shero of mine. Um, she's on a mission to help scale growth-based businesses led by unique founders. In 2018, she was named one of Canada's top 100 accomplished Black women. She's helped to secure approximately $5 million in funding for local entrepreneurs, startups, and community organizations. She's the co-founder of Pitch Better, a startup that trains entrepreneurs to build and scale sustainable small businesses. Hello, need help. She's currently completing her executive MBA at I Ivy Business School, and I understand she is one of the youngest, yes, I'm talking to millennial, in the class. And over and above that, if that's not enough, she's also the co-founder and executive producer of AfroChic Cultural Arts Festival. Since its inception in 2010, AfroChic has created opportunities for over 350 local international artists, entrepreneurs, and cultural practitioners. Say that 10 times. Afro Chic is now a global entity, having produced content in Canada, United States, and West Africa. So put your ears together for this amazing, amazing, super fabulous woman, Amoye Henry. <laughs> Thank you for having me in Keche. You Thank are you amazing. For saying yes. She said yes, y'all. She said yes. Yeah, yes. I love this platform that you've created. Thank you so much for encouraging us to feel empowered in our skin yeah and let's just start with that can you tell me what is the most empowering thought that you had today my most empowering thought well I have a gratitude journal and Mm. my most empowering thought that I had today is we have withstood so many things so many trials tribulations obstacles and despite it all we are standing and we are pushing through and so when I was writing in my gratitude journal this morning that we've achieved so much it it may seem like the, the everything's going by so quickly that we're not taking a moment to breathe that we're not you know we're missing the bigger picture but the the greatest thing that I've learned is we have overcome and we are continuing to overcome. That's sure. powerful. That is powerful. And we're only like, what, two, three, two minutes in. So um, I love that you started with that. And let's just, um, I truly do believe that one of the ways to sustain, you know, just our sense of thrive and empowerment on a daily basis is habits. So you talked about journaling, gratitude. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of empowering habits you have every day? Yes, I'm still on my personal journey and my quest to, you know, really sync up with my divine self, if that mm. makes any sense. Yeah. Girl, you're talking. <laughs> the self that I want to always have and then the self that actually comes through in reality. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on a mission to sync that up. So I've 
taken on, you know, the step of getting a therapist, right? To be able to navigate emotions and thoughts and my, my, my path as, as a growing leader um, and, and as an executive. And I've also um, brought on board a career coach and an executive coach to also help me in this path. And both of them kind of form this like, you know, informal advisory circle around my life and they help guide my decisions in 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 conjunction with God of course so mm-hmm. some of the habits that I've recently you know developed and developed over the years is um journaling first thing mm-hmm. in the morning three things that I am grateful for when I wake up and three things that I'm grateful that happened in the day they could also be people it could mm-hmm. also be um, experiences, opportunities. It could also be things that are not so great, but I'm happy that they happened because it, you know, became a lesson. Um, so gratitude, drinking water, right? In this COVID time, all these Zoom meetings, um, <laughs> opportunities to connect with people we would never probably have an opportunity to connect with, having the close proximity to people now and having access. It creates more meetings. It creates more demand on your time, more demand on your capacity and your you know, your, your, your scope as a person. And so drinking water has been critical. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Checking in with friends and asking friends, are they good? How are you? And saying, no, are you really good? Not just what they want to hear, but like, what do you really feel? How are you really feeling? Um, Spending time to just not think and just be so spending the weekend. How good are you with that? Are you good with binge that? watching girlfriends, which just <laughs> came back on Netflix, right? Okay, yeah. And um, I'm super excited about, about about girlfriends and Emily in Paris and like just content that doesn't force me to always think it all the time and you know content that just lets me breathe, yeah. and relax. Mm-hmm. So I've been I've been very excited about about that and you know looking at what works for others. So others may or may not like to read. I love to read, but having conversations with my friends and they don't like to read, finding things that my friends are are interested in, right? So yeah. all of the 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 things and the ideas out there, you know, coming together and just really forming cohesive relationships has mm. been has been everything to my journey mm. and 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 finding things to relate uh, to others on. It sounds like you're, and I always say it, I think that when you can develop the, the, the results are in the routine. So when you can develop those healthy routines, it actually it has, it, yeah, results in, it helps you keep, stay up and stay, stay inspired and motivated and pressing forward. So you I, talked about a divine journey and I, and I love that. I'm uh, I myself and I love, please listeners do not lose it. She talked about her advisory board. I always say, even just your board of directors, like who's on your, you need a board around you. So, you know, I love that you, you brought that out, but um, on your divine journey are, you know, what are some of the affirmations that you've maybe um, adopted for yourself? So I, I love I ams, right? So what is your yeah. great? Yeah. I, I have. So mm-hmm. I think in this sense of I have, because I don't want to think in the sense of I want or I need. Mm. Um, when I think in a sense of I have, it means that I've already claimed it and that mm. it's a part of my path already. So I was recently working with my financial advisor on clearing debt and, you know, being an MBA student, that's a real thing. <laughs> um, and so one of my biggest asks 
of myself in the universe was clearing my financial debt and the burden that I feel owing people money. And I came up with some affirmations around it and I kind of put them up around my house, put it up on my computer screen, um, put it into my phone and I have no commercial debt walking into 2021, Mm. right? I have achieved a level of financial comfort where I can treat myself. I will treat myself or I am treating myself. I have arrived at a state where I, my resources, my skills, my abilities are financing the life that I've dreamed of. I'm using my passive income to, you know, build a life for myself. Right. And so I've, I've thought about these things and I, and I, and I replay them and I restate them constantly to be able to enable me and my path moving forward. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's easy to get stumped. Like I have, you know, a lot on the go. I have mm-hmm. a staff that's a, that, that, that's accountable to me. I have, you know, people to pay and contractors to, mm-hmm. to, to, to work with entrepreneurs to coach. And so all these things will always, you know, come up, but I, I have to remind myself and reel myself back in and say, I am on this path that I designed and I am on a frequency that I'm in control of Ooh, so the frequency to, to help navigate. Um, as far as, as far as I'd say other affirmations, I think sometimes you have to, and this to the audience listening, like, I don't want to sound corny, but like, sometimes you just actually have to fake it till you make it. Yes. You know what? I have a new one for you. Which faith one? It. I was, I actually did an episode. Oh, I have an episode on it coming up. Faith it until you make it. Amen. And that <laughs> says a lot. That says yeah. right. faith. That- Faith, right. Faith it until you make it right. (laughs) And that just says like, I'm just giving it to the universe. I'm giving it to God and trusting that, you know, everything will will come to me. Everything will work out for you. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing is like, you know, when you have that trust and you Mm -hmm. just have that confidence and certainty in yourself Mm -hmm. and in, you know, the the people that you empower to do good work and the, the partnerships that you have. Um, it takes off a lot of burden mm-hmm. that we carry and a lot of unnecessary loads that we we carry that it's not ours to carry. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. all about just putting your trust out into the world mm-hmm. and, you know, believing that it will deliver. Yeah. Right? And I love that. And you, so you can't talk about that level of, you know, sort of sense and connection without having some boundaries, some non-negotiables. So what are yours? Like, what are your non-negotiables and what boundaries have you, have you set for yourself? And Getchy, I'm sorry to say this, but I am horrible with boundaries. <laughs> I don't know, you know, 100%. I don't know if I found the balance of setting healthy boundaries and still being a likable person. And I think I'm more concerned sometimes with being a likable person mm. and, you know, appealing person and an interesting person than a person that sets firm boundaries. Mm. Like I've had difficulty with, you know, a staff member mm-hmm. um, on my team and she's, you know, there's certain, you know, certain things that has taken place that has shown that, you know, maybe this work is a priority mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe this is like a on the side of the desk type of mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, trying to engage more accountability measures and, you know, hold certain expectations um, to their, to their, to their real, um, execution has been a challenge because mm-hmm. I want to maintain a cordial relationship and a friendship. 
Yeah. So I'm challenged with how do you um, navigate that? Um, my business that. partner is an incredible mediator and she's an incredible listener and mm-hmm. she is strong where I'm weak and where mm-hmm. she's weak, I'm strong. So I mm-hmm. lean on her a lot mm-hmm. um, in terms of how to navigate relationships and how to enforce more boundaries because mm-hmm. she's a mother of two and she's had an incredible um, she has an incredible relationship with her daughters, but she also has really firm boundaries, which I respect, mm-hmm. but she's also likable. So it's like, yes. how do you, so you, you know? will, so I could tell you this, I mean, this is not a coaching session or anything to that effect, but you will be likable because you are just, you are likable. Like that is one of your affirmations, right? I am a yes. likable human. And I think boundaries more so in my, 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 you know, perspective for you is your boundaries will help you, um, continue to grow your likability because mm. you know how likable when you are you when you're under stress and undue stress and strain right and so I always say like think about your gates right your mouth gate your ear gate your eye gate your mind gate heart gate and you know the boundaries that you set is to protect that which is so that you can give more of who okay. you are you know so Woo-hoo. you will be more likable when you have boundaries Okay. Let's just declare that. That's I have I have boundaries that make me more likable. There you go. There's a I have I have boundaries that make me likable. Yes. And so that's kind of yeah, that exploration piece right now for me. Um, but I love I love that. I have boundaries that make me more likable. Yes, they will make you more likable, I promise you. They will. Promise you. I'm so grateful. Thank you. So COVID and I've, I, it, you know, it's part of the team that I have, and we do this research on our guests, we researched you. And I heard you talk a lot about pivots. Like I saw something that you'd done with Vivian Kay and the importance for businesses to pivot in this time frame. So being an entrepreneur and you're doing so much, you know, we're, we, there's, you know, um, Pitch Better, there's Afro Chic. Um, now you're doing an MBA. Like what have you had to pivot in COVID. And I even heard you talk about becoming and who are you becoming as a result of all of these changes that you've had to go through in the last eight months? Wow. That is such a good question. Um, I think I have pivoted spiritually, of course. I think Mm. I've drawn closer to God. And Mm. I know this might be like a totally neutral audience, but I'll just say that. God audience. Okay. That (laughs) becoming closer to God has been my biggest hack my mm-hmm. biggest success hack for this year mm-hmm. um I don't make any moves without consulting God first mm-hmm. and when I do consult God and I make a move that doesn't pan out I know that it was a lesson mm-hmm. and it wasn't a mistake mm-hmm. um another pivot I've made is my mentality I've pivoted to embrace my shortcomings mm-hmm. as just areas that I can expand more Right. Um, I've, I've, I've pivoted to, um, you know, be a bit more gentler with myself and not be, because I'm a type A personality. You would think I have Nigerian (laughs) because I'm just get it done, get it done at the top (laughs) level and nothing else. And, um, I, I certainly have learned to kind of I've learned to kind of accept myself mm-hmm. and I've also in this space been very appreciative of my friends and been very transparent about how much I love my friends. 
versus before I'd say before COVID, I would be more so like, yeah, great. Thank you. Now it's like, oh my gosh, because you said this or because you did this, this mm-hmm. resulted in this. For I love me. That. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking more about results and how their small deeds or their small actions are resulting in and manifesting in a lot of change in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also trying to be more results-based for my friends as well and show up for them and not be like a handholdy type of friend that I used to be, but more so like, this is how I expect you to be um, held accountable. And I'm going to work with you. I'm going to stand beside you to hold mm-hmm. you accountable. Um, so that's where pivot, that's where the pivot has come for me. Mm-hmm. Business wise, financially, of course, I've turned into an author. I've turned into a researcher. <laughs> I'm now leading a full blown research study on black women entrepreneurs in Canada because no one was studying us before. No one cared to study it. Um, I, I'm not going to say at our community, but in the in the larger general public you know people were not talking about the black community and it didn't take george floyd for us to recognize Mm -hmm. this this is our lived reality for decades Mm -hmm. and the lack of race-based data has resulted in a lot of disenfranchisement and really just not giving black founders the opportunity to be their greatest self Mm -hmm. and to contribute in a meaningful way to the canadian um gdp and the economy Mm -hmm. and so i've been I've tasked myself and my firm and my, and my partners with addressing that in, you know, tangible ways through research, through data collection, through convening um, our, our core stakeholders and making partnerships and meaningful strategic relationships at different institutional levels. So things could change. And what has it resulted in? Announcements. It's resulted in, you know, meetings. It's resulted in real change and, and, and things actually shifting for the better. So I'd say that, you know, this, this time has been the most productive of my entire life. I love that. I have become so many different things, but all of me in a sense. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, have you ever heard of the concept called functional speed? No. So functional speed is almost what I think you've you've just articulated, right? So in this period, there's a lot of people that were, you know, have had to, you know, maybe they didn't do the pivot and they didn't try to think of alternate ways. And so they've slowed down. Whereas right. there's some people that are like, okay, what can I pick up? What can I do in this in this time frame? Because there is going to be a time where everything opens up again. And where do I want to be positioned? And that sounds like what you went after, right? So what happens is once, and I I don't even, we are in a a new normal now, so it's not even that, but once we really are past this COVID pandemic thing, and there is the semblance of what that new life is going to be for us all with whatever restrictions might be imposed now, you're going to come out guns blazing like that. And that's what I always say, like, just, you know, functional speed, pick up the speed now. Like, that's what I did with this podcast. I was supposed to do 52 episodes by next February. February 11th will be 104, right? I I just doubled. So proud of you. Wow. I'm so happy that I know you. (laughs) I'm so happy I I know you too. (laughs) Happy you said yes. So pitch, I mean, there's between pitch better and Afro chic really want to, and know a little bit about this business, but I'm going to touch on AfroChic. Okay. And the reason why is because it's part of, you know, um, I, I listened to some interviews that you've done and I think one of the biggest messages, and I'm hoping I'll bring this out in our conversation around that is around being relentless. Mm. And if there's ever a way that I've seen that demonstrated, it's with AfroChic. So take us through 
you know, how even just like where you wanted to take it and all of the, you know, when one door closed, how you opened up another, just take us a little bit through that journey. Thank you so much for asking me this question because some, like, I think depending on who I talk to, it comes out a different way. So thank you for challenging me with this. So yeah, AfroChic really um, was the, the baby of me and my three best friends from high school. We went to a predominantly white high school and we were all in different artistic disciplines and, you know, we didn't see ourselves in school, obviously, which has kind of become the common thread. We, you know, graduated, moved on, had a book club called Knowledge is Power, read this book called The Politics of Black Hair by Dr. Althea Prince, a Ryerson alumni. And we were like, whoa, like being a Black woman, having natural hair is a thing. And it's like, it really affects your life. And this was 10 years ago. Let's do an event about natural hair for Black women. Did this event, 50 people showed up, mostly our friends and family. Let's just say that. But we were on a crowded, um, we were, one was, one big distinction that we've made it clear is we're never going to do Afro Chic in an itty bitty community center mm-hmm. or a down mm-hmm. basement mm-hmm. or in some type of stereotypical small space. We are going to take up space and we are going to book the most luxurious, most sexy, most, um, flyest venue because that's that's our part of our essence as afro chic and so i remember that venue like trying to charge us three thousand dollars we were like 22 years old we all came up with our own little money and we did this you know elaborate events uh on black women and natural hair and dr althea spoke and it was just a really good niche event come year two We did the same thing, but, you know, 150 people showed up this time and we did it at a nice art gallery on Dover Court. And then the year after that, it was 300. And then after that, 500. And then it just doubled and tripled. And Mm -hmm. and you know what I mean? So we have scaled a company because there was a need. And as, you know, word got out and as it became a bigger concept, it was so much bigger than Black women and natural hair. Mm -hmm. It was Black woman identity, Black womanhood um, in, in, in beauty, Black womanhood in tech, Black womanhood in family, business, uh, education, corporate Canada, and how to um, come together, right? And so, and so we've gone through so many things. Once we realized that it was not getting support on the grants level, like we'd be writing grants and we'd be writing proposals and people would just like, why should we give you money to talk about self-confidence and Mm -hmm. Mm self-esteem? How does that contribute to society? Mm -hmm. And we were like, uh, well, duh, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) And now it's a very common conversation, but we were ahead of our time. Mm -hmm. So we had to think differently. We had to move differently. And that's when we started to say, we need to partner with brands. We need to partner with brands that get it. And in order to partner with brands that get it, they have to kind of see the the product. So we would just self-fund everything. I remember at one of the shows at the end, I told everybody that because of Afro Chic, you know, I've, I, I put like almost $75,000 of my own money into Afro Chic and never saw any returns. And the return was in the people. 
and mm-hmm. the, the the consolidated effort of it all you know mm-hmm. what I mean and um people were like oh my god like how and it, uh, we're like well well things add up mm-hmm. and when people couldn't get paid and we couldn't get grants and we couldn't get loans or financing people pointing at myself would go into my line of credit to pay staff mm. because I didn't want black women or black men to work for free mm-hmm. because for experience or for the community I'm highly against that I believe that if you need to put on a production and hire black people to entertain black people you need to pay them mm-hmm. And we should also be paid equally at what market rate is. Obviously, I couldn't afford market rate, but I did what I could. Yeah. Um, so it became a point where we had to kind of go, you know, to the bank mm-hmm. and say, we need a sponsorship. Afrochic is big and Afrochic has a bigger conversation to share than all these other organizations that have profited off of Black culture, but don't have any Black people in leadership. Our entire team is Black. Mm-hmm. and the bank were like oh that's a bit rough but we agree yep and td bank was the first bank to support oh, us so thank you TD. So much. Yes. shout out shout out shout outs yeah um and you know we we had these really you know effective events that left people wanting more people mm-hmm. asking for more and so we would just continuously come out with our content and then I don't know, we flipped a switch one day and we're like, okay, we're bringing, we're bringing leaders in culture and leaders in conversations about different things that are happening in our community to speak to our audience. And once we realized that we wanted to make that pivot, we needed more money. Mm-hmm. So the relentless piece came in where it's like, where are you going to find $100,000 to put on this whole festival, bring this talent, pay their flights, their team's flight and make this happen and pay your team. We have to hustle. And coming from Rexdale, growing mm-hmm. up as a, a, a daughter of Caribbean immigrants, I knew what it's like to hustle. I know what it's like to find, to make something out of nothing. And that's what mm-hmm. we had to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, as I said before, the line of credit had to get maxed. The credit cards had to get maxed. Different things had to be, you know, put, like you had to put risk on the line. You had to take risk in order to have a great reward. And so that's what, you know, I'm really proud um, that I could say, like my ROI, my return on investment has been the impact um, and the results driven work that has come out of Afrochic and the legacy that we've, that we've built in the city. Like if we were to not do Afrochic ever again, I could close my eyes proudly and say 350 people had a platform, had a stage, were paid. Um, Thousands of people had jobs, Mm. even if it was an internship. Um, thousands of people attended and experienced, Mm. you know, black womanhood at its peak in a city that, you know, talks about diversity, talks about celebrating it, but doesn't really reflect that. Um, and now celebrities are introduced to the ecosystem of black womanhood in Canada because of Afro chic. So we have a name that, um, precedes itself and when we go into rooms or when we have conversations in the UK or in West Africa or in other parts of America or in other parts of Europe you know our brand our brand can stand strong because we've, we've taken those risks yeah, so well, don't stop yeah. yeah thank you do not COVID, stop continue COVID yeah, I, we have to think about it differently but that's okay you're the queen of the pivot 
You're the queen yeah. of the pivot. Yes, own that thing. <laughs> so I've gone to a place, I can't even believe the time has flown, uh, where I ask five rapid thrivers. So these are just five quick questions. They might spawn some conversation. Let's see where we go. So when you think of someone who inspires you, who comes to mind first and why? Great question, Michelle Obama, because she just stands firm. She is beautiful, eloquent, eloquent, graceful. And let's face it, like without Michelle, there would be no Barack. Yes. <laughs> I like that, right? Behind every great man is a yes. greater phenomenal woman. Yes. Absolutely. So we talked about it earlier, but pick one. What is a daily activity that helps you with your thrive? Daily activity that helps me with my thrive is my gratitude journal, drinking water, checking in with my friends and family. Woo, okay. What is a book that has helped you with your thrive? You mentioned you like to read. My favorite book is Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe. Oh, isn't that amazing? I read that so long ago. I love that book. Um, it just helped me contextualize the journey of my ancestors. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel effective when I think about my ancestors and all that I do. I love that. Carrying, oh, standing on their shoulders. Yes. What is an app that helps you with your thrive, you millennial? <laughs> an app that helps me with my thrive is my Calm app for meditation. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. And what is one misconception that people have of you as they see you, you know, in your thrive, you know, whether it's with Pitch Better or whether it's with AfroChic or whether it's knowing that you're, you know, um, doing your MBA? What's a misconception that we have of you? That I'm super confident and strong. And sometimes I'm not. And so, and I want to have the space to just be dynamic in that. I have weak moments. I have sad moments. I've, you know, I'm not a strong black woman and I don't like that title for any black woman. Mm. I'm just a woman and I'm just mm. a human becoming. Mm. Woo! Woo! I am a woman becoming. Yes, you are. You're phenomenal. I thank you for this time and sharing space and energy with me. Thank where you, do, where, where can we find you online? Definitely check out amoyhenry.com, amoyhenry mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, amoyhungry, amoyhungry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, are you hungry? <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm actually hungry. I'm eating after. LinkedIn, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram. Um, I don't have Facebook. And because um, <laughs> you're a millennial, <laughs> I got our research coming out soon on Black entrepreneurs. I like that. I like um, that. Follow Pitch Better to see, you know, what happens on our study, and we're gonna be, you know, examining more things. So that's where okay. people find me. And where so the research will be available on your website, or if okay, I really on Pitch Better, I, yes, on Pitch Better. Okay, I really, really want to watch that. Absolutely. And so we talked about it earlier. This podcast is called, you know, Empowered in My Skin. So my final question to you is, what does it mean to you to be, you know, to embrace the skin that you're in, but to be truly empowered in your skin? Truly empowered in my skin means um, boldly walking into the Mm -hmm. face of adversity, of, you know, of where sometimes things seem bleak and taking the risk, betting on yourself, but also trusting the resources and the support systems that God has put in my path mm. to help amplify me and, and project me forward. Um, and part of in my skin means acknowledging the steps that my ancestors from my parents to my grandparents to all the ancestors on the line had to take to get here for me to sit on this couch in a ho- home that I own 
in property that I'm proud to, you know, contribute to, taxes that I'm proud to pay as a Canadian citizen, and, you know, skin that I'm proud to wear as my armor as I mm. navigate life. Um, empowered in my skin means having so much gratitude for incredible, strong, perfect Black women such as yourselves who can take on so many shapes and have, you know, a role in corporate Canada, but also dominate in, you know, the fitness and the empowerment world and almost feeling like you have to because that representation is needed. Mm -hmm. Um, So empowered in my skin looks like being grateful for people like you that exist Um, and the people that will listen to this and feel amazing after listening to this, listening to this and feel like if they were stuck or they didn't know where to go, they now have a little bit of a, a chip and have a little bit more strength. Um, and yeah, just knowing that I'm made uniquely in my form and no one else is me. Amen. 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 This, might, this might have to be my new commercial. I might just have to like cut that piece, yes, put some, so. slap some music on it and, and make that like part of my skin commercial. That was beautiful. So Amoya, sadly, this conversation with you has come to an end. I know listeners, <sighs> this is where I have to say we're out. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Take care, queen. So there you have it. I hope you're thriving and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you are listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Billy says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, That is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome hanging with you. I'm your girl. And 